0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to College Football Live. I'm Peter Burns, joined alongside Dustin uh, Dusty I almost call you Danny Cannell, your partner over there on SiriusXM. I got Jordan Reed hanging out with me as well. And we got a busy, busy show ahead of us because, boys, we have rankings. Rankings are here. They're in my hands. So let's get into them as AP Poll out for the first time this season. Georgia begins its quest for a 3 p as the nation's number one squad, just the second time in program history that the Dogs are preseason number one. Last time, 08. And Michigan ranked number two in the preseason, first time since 1991. Bama coming in at four, their lowest preseason ranking since 2009. So let's talk about the last three seasons uh, were the preseason number one and how they have fared, right? Back in 2020, Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers started off as number one did make the playoff before losing in the semis to the Buckeyes. Tigers finished the season ranked number three. Now 2021, coming off an undefeated 21 season, Bama started off at number one. The tie dropped the midseason shocker to A&M. Then, of course, lost to Georgia and Atlanta in the SEC Championship game before finishing ranked number two. Then, of course, back in 2022, despite winning the Natty, it was Alabama, not Georgia, that started last season ranked number one tie dropped games to both Tennessee and LSU and missed the playoff only for the second time. So when was that last time the number one went out there and actually won it? Well, Alabama did it back in 2017. Of course, a great season for the Trojans, USC, a couple seasons for the Seminoles and Dusty Dvorak squad uh, back in 1985. So. Jordan Reed, let's talk about this. Biggest obstacle to
1: number one ranked Georgia is who? I think it's the quarterback, Carson Beck, just because he comes into an establishment of where he hasn't played a lot of snaps. He's taking over and filling big shoes for Stetson Bennett. This is one of the most accomplished players in Georgia program history. You have a new offensive coordinator in Mike Bobo that's coming in, so there's a lot of question marks on this offense. They have some first-round picks that they have to replace on the defensive line, but they have Brock Bowers, which is going to be one of their saving graces on offense. So Carson Beck, everything is on your shoulders to a 3 for the Georgia Bulldogs.
2: Hey, look, you're exactly right. Quarterback's got to be right. I think Carson Beck's going to be just fine. That defense, I trust Kirby Smart in that defense. I'm going to go to November 18th, and it's going to be Neyland Stadium at Tennessee. I mean, that's the only thing that I can see that could potentially upset them to going number one from wire to wire. And they can still make the national championship, even if they lose in Knoxville, Tennessee. But as I look at that schedule, I think it's one of the more favorable schedules for any team in the top ten in all of college football. And I don't know if they're going to truly be tested. A game at Auburn won't be a walk in the park, but I expect Georgia going into Neyland Stadium to be undefeated. And that might be the only thing that takes them from that top spot here as we see the initial AP poll released here today. Uh,
0: you know, what's going to be interesting is that Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats there on October 7th might have something to say about that, Dusty, because I think their schedule sets up for them to be undefeated. But, of course, that game's coming up in Athens. All right, so let's talk about the flip side of it, right, and, and talk about teams that did not rank the top 25 in that AP poll but eventually ended up getting there. Now, of course, we've seen that over the last two seasons. That was, one, Michigan, and then going back to what TCU was able to do, like – Kind of crazy, right? Because traditionally, it's just kind of, you know, nightclub, velvet rope, only the top teams get in. But back-to-back season, a non-ranked team getting that nod. Jordan,
1: who fits that profile this season? I'm actually going to go with Wisconsin, and I know they were number 19 in the AP poll that was just released today, but I like what Luke Fickle has coming over. He gets an established offensive coordinator in Phil Longo. He brings over Tanner Mordecai from SMU, and we saw the numbers that he was able to put up in that offense. Braylon Allen, that's what this offense is all about. I'm excited to see him in this new scheme just because they're going to get away from what they used to do, which is that 10, 11, 12 personnel packing the box and just running it down the throat of defenses. Now we're going to see him with very much lighter boxes, and he's going to have a lot of holes to run through. So, I'm I'm drinking the Wisconsin Kool-Aid. I like what Luke Fickle is going to be able to bring to the table, but we'll see how they finish this year.
2: I'm going a little bit darker of a horse here, Jordan. I'm going to go to Lubbock, Texas. I'm going Texas Tech. I mean, I just look at this football team. 11 starters coming back on offense. Tyler Shuck, when he started and finished games, he hasn't lost. There's Red Raiders quarterback keeping him healthy is going to be such a key. But they've got Zach Kitley, young offensive coordinator, who is dynamic. They push the ball down the field. They're explosive. They go fast. Shout out to him. It's his birthday. He's only 32, and he's really looking to make a splash this year with Texas Tech. Great wide receivers, an offensive line that's got some real uh, consistency with it, and a defensive line that I think is going to get after people. TCU, Kansas State, and Oregon in the non-conference all have to go to Lubbock. Hey, it's a a long shot. I think Texas Tech is going to be a really good football team. They beat Oklahoma and Texas last year in year one under new head coach uh, Jerry Joey McGuire. So I can't wait to see what's in store for year two. It's a long shot for a reason, Peter Burns. Don't call me crazy. You never know. It could happen.
0: Listen, I mean, it, trust me, the the uh, the traffic jam to get to the strip out in Lubbock will be uh, miles long if that ends up being a good call there, Dusty. All right, so we talked about some of these different squads, but there's always that one team. You guys talk about on your radio shows as well, that who had the fall. And over the last couple of years, six has been the unlucky number. 2020, LSU started out at the sixth spot. Tigers dropped five of their first eight games and ended up going five and five and at Ogeron. Remember that name. All right, 2021, another SEC squad. Aggies did upset number one Alabama, but dropped four SEC games before finishing the season eight and four, ranked in, well, sorry, got to throw the Aggies in here yet once again. A little bit of deja vu. It got even worse. It went from bad to worse. A&M lost seven of their first ten games before finishing the season five and seven. They didn't even go to a bowl game. You know who comes in at number six, a team way out west, Jordan, is that going to be Feld, the uh, Carolina or South Carolina, I would should say, Southern Cal Trojans there, USC at six?
1: Yes, I'm a believer in USC, and for one simple reason, Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. We're talking about a player that's in contention to be the number one overall pick. He's everything that you want in the position, 42 touchdowns to six interceptions a season ago. He's a magician in everything that he does. But with USC and Lincoln Riley led teams, we know the big question is always going to be, how is Alex Grinch's defense going to hold up? That's something that was their Achilles heel last year. If they're able to improve on that, I think this team is going to be really explosive offensively. As long as every game isn't a shootout and the defense is sufficient, I think they have an opportunity to be college football playoff contenders.
0: Going to be fascinating to see. On the flip side of it, Dusty, which one of those teams caught your eye when you saw the AP rankings going, that's
2: just a little too high? You mean which fan base I'm to make mad with my answer? Okay, I'll give it to you. I'm going to go with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And look, I'm a big Marcus Freeman fan. Love him coming into year number two. And I like Sam Hartman coming from Wake. But you lose Tommy Reese, your offensive coordinator. Gerard Parker, your tight ends, coaches, your OC. You also lose Harry Heastan, one of the best line coaches in the country. Joe Rudolph comes in. I just think that's a lot of newness on an offense that really struggles to have playmakers down the field Catching the football, and the biggest reason it's probably the schedule. This schedule is absolutely loaded. You've got road trips starting at NC State. You got to go to Clemson. You've also got Ohio State, USC coming into your backyard. I see an eight and four type of season, and year two for Marcus Freeman, very similar to the one we saw. It's a decent season, but at thirteen, the country to start the year, I think it's a little bit too high for me on the Fighting Irish.
1: Yeah, for me, I may surprise a lot of people saying this, and it's actually Alabama. We know they're usually inside of that number one, number two, or even third-ranked spot. Being a number four is still a little bit too high for me just because they have massive questions at quarterback. Is it going to be Tyler Buckner? Is it going to be Jalen Milrow? We still don't have an answer to that question. And, yes, Nick Saban is the most accomplished head coach over the past two decades, but I want to motivate Alabama. I want to see something from the Crimson Tide last year, two losses. I want to see this team get better next year, but it starts with the quarterback. Who exactly is going to be that quarterback? That is yet to be determined. I just love the fact that Dusty's like, hey, uh, hold on. I'm
0: going to really upset people. I'm going to say Notre Dame. And Jordan's like, hold my beer. I'm going to go one step further, and he takes Alabama. Um, Yeah, I don't want to check your social media accounts after that. All right, uh, coming up, a lot more on College Football Live, including what's the quarterback room going to look like in Columbus. We'll hear from Ryan Day on what he has to say about picking his guy. And we have a monster five-star commitment happening in just moments. Williams, Winnery, where is he going to play college football next season? Find out next. I don't
2: know about you, but I love college football. play. By Caleb Williams. Nice, man. Caught! Touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. Bowers tips it to himself, breaking tackle. Look at the tight Passes on. Daniels. End zone. Caught! Kansas wins it here. New era.
0: Says let's get ready, man. I'm all already ready. As uh, quarterback decisions being made, Billy Napier announced Friday that Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz has won the starting QB job down in Gainesville. Mertz, remember, started the last three seasons for Wisconsin, threw for 2,100 yards. Now, on to Ohio State. The Buckeyes have had an unbelievable run of quarterbacks. Look at that list, including three straight first-rounders now that C.J. Stroud is playing for the Houston Texans. About their quarterback situation, well, here's what Ryan Day had to say about Stroud's successor. Are we ready to um, you know, name somebody by the end of the week, or do, does the competition continue into the season? You know, uh, That's not ideal, uh, but if that's where we're at, then that's what we'll do. I don't feel like um, there needs to be extraordinary play. It's making the routine plays routinely and taking care of the football, period. Jordan, when you hear that and Coach Ryan Day trying to figure out which QB is going to be under center for snap one of game one, what do you make?
1: A lot. I think the longer this goes on, the worse it is for Kyle McCord, honestly, just because he's the guy that was returning. And I think they have some other options. Devin Brown is one that they do like. So the longer that this goes on, I think the more it is in favor of Devin Brown. And this is the first year in a long time that Ohio State has had question marks. And we know there's a lot of pressure on the Buckeyes this year just because of the, the season didn't end the way that they wanted to last year. He lost in Michigan for the second consecutive season. So this is a big decision for Ryan Day to make, and he's taking his time with it.
2: I think in Ryan Day, we should all trust, right? I mean, he's got a proven track record of identifying the right guy, getting them ready to play. And I think this is going to be no different. All indications were Kyle McCord will be the starter. And let's not forget, we see quarterback battles go way longer now than ever before. We want to keep that competition going, and that old transfer portal is a very real thing. So, I, I mean, I do think that there's a quarterback battle here, but I think when the dust settles, Ryan Day will identify as guy, and I don't have questions about a quarterback with the receivers, running backs, and complemented weapons they have being able to run this offense at a very high level. The bigger question because you have can you have a quarterback with the number
0: thirty-three? Dusty, I mean that's <laughs> just going to look weird if that comes into fruition.
2: Sammy Ball, right? I mean, that's his hero. That's what he's throwing it back to. I can, I can appreciate any young man that loves tradition, that loves some of the all-time greats, and to have that respect and show it with a number, man, you got to love that <laughs> from Devin Brown.
0: Well, um, Ryan Day says he loves his team. He said, quote, it's the most complete team I've had since 2019 and said don't rule out the idea of playing two quarterbacks in that first game against Indiana coming up. Alright, sticking with the Big Ten, let's go to the other school in that big rivalry. Agreement between the NCAA and Michigan head football coach Jim Harbaugh concerning some penalties stemming from what the NCAA deemed to be false statements Harbaugh made to investigators has allegedly broken down. Um, they said it was going to be a four-game suspension to begin the 2023 season the committee of infractions like not so fast my friends in the words of uh, our
1: buddy Lee Corso Jordan what in the world do you make of this whole thing it's really tough to make anything out of it honestly just because he suspended the first four games of the year and then they backtrack it out of nowhere so where is the disconnect what exactly happened it's just a very interesting and weird dynamic in a sense just because first four games of the season they play Eastern Carolina UNLV Bowling Green and then also Rutgers guys me us three could go out there and coach Michigan to wins in those games those are the four games that they should win so they didn't essentially need hardball in those first four games but I think the interesting thing to watch about this is that is there going to be a, a suspension at all is the NCAA going to come back in November and say he's still suspended what exactly is going to happen I, I
2: totally agree Jordan like that's the biggest thing I mean those first four games easily manageable and if they need somebody ready willing and able to step in but the reality is You know, now all of a sudden, if the later, tougher games come into question and they could lose Jim Harbaugh, that's problematic. Most reports say there'll probably be no suspension this season. So, with a team loaded, ready to roll and make it three straight college football playoffs, sure seems like Jim Harbaugh is going to be ready to roll from the onset.
0: Yeah, uh, he might be ready to roll to the NFL uh, going forward. Remember, he's dipped his toes in those conversations, uh, but he can recruit. How about this? Team uh, 300 rankings for ESPN. Georgia, currently top recruiting class of the 24th cycle. Florida right behind them at number two, followed by a trio of Big Ten teams. Nobody knows recruiting better than our man, Tom Luganbill. Tom, we're just a couple moments away from Williams-Wanary getting to announce where he'll be playing football. So I'm fascinated about this young man uh, from Kansas City. What What do we need to know about him?
3: He's massive. I mean, he is a big human being. He weighed in at 257 pounds at six foot six for us. This last spring had an 11 inch hand size, which is extremely rare. The thing that I like about him, it's a little bit like Peter Woods, who was a top five overall player for us last year that signed with Clemson is he can play all four spots along the front. Now, I don't know if he's going to outgrow. Uh, and he may, he may outgrow the position on the outside and move on to the inside full time, but he can run, he's athletic, he tests off the charts. So when you see him in person, everything you're trying to check the boxes for are what you're seeing on tape, which makes him special. And as Dusty will tell you, he plays a premium position.
0: Uh, It's interesting, Tom, because you say all four spots. If you had to project just one and say, this is where I think we will watch him when we're talking about him on College Football Live next season, which one is it?
3: Uh, Defensive end, early on, you know. But if he gets up into the 280, 285 range, which could happen, you know, quickly given the the length of his arms, he's a size 15 or 16 shoe, he may still have some growth uh, still to come.
0: Kind of scary to think about he can get even better. Tom, thank you. Appreciate the time. So now the moment that everybody has been waiting for. I Williams Winary right now. It is, it is a loud gymnasium. A lot of, a lot of your fans came up to see where new are new you morning. going to play college football going forward? Where are you going? He's
3: first. He's He's first.
1: Everything they've done for me up to this point, the sacrifices they made for me. Uh, I want to thank my family, my friends. I want to thank all my teammates. Uh, you know, this wouldn't have been possible without y'all. So, I want to thank everybody that came out here today to support me. That being said, next three to four years, I'll be –
3: University of Missouri.
0: M-I-Z-Z-O-U. Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers have to be extremely excited about that. As you see it, the hat goes on. Family very excited about it. Of course, the 12th overall recruit in 2024, ESPN's 300 so, let's bring back in our crew about this. Uh, Williams Winnery deciding from Lee Summit North that he is going to go play football. Tom, over there for the Missouri Tigers, what do you make of that the big decision?
3: I think it's one of the bigger days in, in Missouri's history in recruiting and certainly for Eli Drinkwitz. You know, he gets Luther Burden. He steals him away from Oklahoma. He becomes a playmaker immediately for the Tigers. And here's the thing that's so important about this is – the 2023 and 2024 class in the state of Missouri is probably the best, most well-stocked two classes back-to-back I've seen in the last 20 years of doing this in that particular state. So it is imperative that they're able to keep some of the, They're not going to keep them all, okay? But when you beat a Georgia on a guy, you beat an Oklahoma on a guy, it says something. And that's what Eli Drinkowitz and the staff have been able to do here.
2: Yeah, massive for Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri football. Huge get, premium to get to the quarterback, and this one of the absolute best and all of college football it's a big loss though for Brent Venables in Oklahoma look Brent Venables is trying to rebuild this defensive roster in Norman Oklahoma and the best way to do that is with dudes up front and this is one of the players that they had identified <laughs> they had dedicated a lot of resources to and obviously they come up short to the home state Missouri Tigers but there's a couple other big five-star recruits that Oklahoma's after they need to land one because going back to Clemson Brent Venables, is one of the best defensive minds in college football, but he also had some of the best and most talented defensive lines when he was calling those defenses. They've got to find a way to start to hit and land some of these big-time five-star talents up front.
0: Monster news there in Como as we head back over to Lee Summit North. Um, Williams, let's talk about this. You took five visits over to Missouri. What ultimately led you to make that decision to go play for the Tigers? It is going to be fun times watching you being a Missouri Tiger. Continued success and have a healthy year. All right, my man? Yes, sir. I
3: appreciate you.
0: There it is. Williams, uh, Winnery, Lee Summit North. Uh, pretty incredible. All right. We are just 12 days away from a college football. A dozen things to love, including our favorite 12s. That next on College Football Live. Draft night tonight, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. We have our 8th annual Fantasy Football Marathon. 27 straight hours of coverage on ESPN and ESPN2, followed by our Fantasy Football Draft tomorrow at 7 Eastern. Simulcast again on YouTube, Facebook, X, and the ESPN app. Everything you need. Uh, Dusty Dvorak, your number one pick of fantasy football in college
2: football would be who? You can't take a quarterback. Give me Quinshawn Judkins, the bruiser, pounder at Ole Miss. Love him at number one. Jordan?
0: Marvin Harrison Jr. End oh. of statement. I'm upset. <laughs> Easy I had Quinshawn written down. I'm going to take Caleb Williams because you know what? I don't like you, Dusty. I'm going to pick a quarterback just to upset you. All right. Uh, we are 12 days away, just a dozen days away from college football starting. So, Dusty, you look at so many great 12s in college football history. What comes to mind?
2: I mean, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, grew up in Dallas. Give me go to Navy. Give me Captain America, 1963 Heisman Trophy winner. Roger Staubach, unbelievable career, both college and professionally, without, I think, a 12 first name and number that comes to mind. Mm.
1: Easy answer for me, being a former HBCU quarterback, it has to be Doug Williams for me. He's a pioneer of the game. First black quarterback drafted in 1978. First black quarterback to win the Super Bowl as well. So Doug Williams would be the easy answer for me.
0: Doug would be a fantastic answer, and you saw that uh, that was a little precursor to what I was going to say as far as the fans. I'm going to go different. I'm going to go the 12th man over at, uh, at Kyle Field for Texas A&M. And I felt bad, right? You started talking about them the last couple of years. They were preseason ranked number six. Maybe now that they're in the top 25 that they'll work out a little bit better. So there we go. Breaking news. Williams Winery, he is headed to Missouri as that commit. He is Dusty Dvorak. He's Jordan Reed. I'm Peter Burns. Thanks for watching us on College Football Live.